If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Whenever quarterbacks drafted in the first round, you know, they expect you to get to a position like this and to play in big games like this. So, you know, we've had a couple opportunities the last couple of years, and uh, it's no different this year. We, we've given ourselves a chance to accomplish what we want to accomplish. Uh, now it's up to us to go out there and execute and, and try to go put our best foot forward on Sunday against a really good team. We know that. They know that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight, um, as, as playoff games always are. So, again, we're, we're excited for an opportunity to go out there and play another game because not many people are playing playing football this late and uh, we know that so uh, we're not taking this opportunity lightly. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Good guess but no. Not, that's not Josh Allen. That is Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Dang it. I don't know where the Matt Stafford sound is by the way. Like I said get the sheets. He's <laughs> never on. Like, I don't know why. Maybe dude doesn't talk to... There's Tyler Higby sound, but there's not maybe, Matt hey, Maybe he's now. pulling a Marshawn Lynch and just, uh, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Who knows? It has to be. Maybe he's not saying anything that's worth mentioning. I guess not. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, Rams, Buccaneers. What do you think should be the most exciting game, Casey? I think Rams-Buccaneers is a close second to Bills-Chiefs. Yeah, that's the game, right? Bills-Chiefs. Because it's, it's expected it's, to be high-scoring, yeah. fun. It's like football. Like, I think if you want people to get, not that anybody really needs to be sold on football. Sure. But if you want to sell somebody on football, Chiefs-Bills. Yeah. Someone who already loves football, 49ers-Packers. I like it. Because they're going to be running and playing defense. Without a doubt. In that cold weather. In the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy how we talk about the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs where, you know, they were both at points during the season where they're underachieving like you wouldn't believe. And we were questioning, like, can they even make the playoffs, you know, at one point? I mean, I remember yeah. Kansas City is like, are they even going to go to the playoffs this year? And now look at them. And the, you know, so some of the favorites. And the Bills lost to Jacksonville. And, and the Bills lost Enough to said. Jacksonville. That's, that's all you need to know about that one. And the Jonathan Taylor game. And the Jonathan Taylor game, five touchdowns. Um, by the way, during that, so... My when I that was in Houston, I was in Houston for my fight. Okay. My coach is a diehard uh, Bills fan. He's from Buffalo. That's tough. So like you know, because the fight was on Sunday. Yep. So we're 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 going to the venue. He's listening to the game. Well, needless to say, there's some bad vibes. You know, like because that's true. Jonathan Taylor five touchdowns against his Buffalo Bills. He wasn't in a good frame of mind. Needless to say, still got the job done in the fight. You did. But but he was not happy, man. But hey, speaking of fights. And since our, our dude Brett Martineau um, is gone at a wedding, um, hopefully Trent Balky and Josh Pecount are not in attendance on that one. Did you see his tweet, by the way? No. Oh. I mean, I, I, I know he's tweeting a lot. Yeah, he is tweeting consistently, not about the show. But um, <laughs> he said he's uh, actually in New England uh, doing some more hometown research on Bill O'Brien. Oh. So that's right, why right, right. I unfollowed him. Okay. Heel, heel Brent Martineau. I, I, I like Heel Brent. Yeah, to a point. That is, come on, man. This is like when this is like when Hulk Hogan became Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay. I mean, because think about it. Of all the people in this town, in terms of the media base, of all the people, Brett Martineau playing heel? That's true. Didn't see it coming. Hollywood Hogan. 
Yeah. Hollywood Martino. Or like when uh, Seth Rollins hit uh, Dean Ambrose with oh, the chair. Oh, and b- uh-huh. broke the shield up. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of Dean Ambrose, now known John as John Moxley, Moxley, really cool. I mean, I want to play the sound bite, but unfortunately he cusses a couple times in it. Yeah. But, um... One of my favorite interviews I ever did in terms of wrestlers because he's he is who he is, but I think it takes a special type of person to to come back from rehab for from alcohol. Um, your first moment back is you're standing in the the middle of the of the squared circle in front of thousands of people and you're kind of spilling your soul. Yeah, and I thought you did a pretty good job of that. By the way, uh, so so welcome back, John Moxley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And before I worked here, I knew Brent because I was working downstairs. Yeah. I was driving in to work downstairs and that you guys were playing the interview on the radio. Oh, nice. And I texted Brent. I said, tell Austin that's dope because he doesn't, like, you never hear interviews with him. Correct. So I thought it was yeah. pretty cool. I don't know if you ever passed that along. It's been about a year nope, or so he, now. No, he sure didn't. Yeah. No. So I just want to, you know, that was didn't, pretty cool. Didn't even know you existed back then, but I appreciate yeah. the I appreciate the, the, the love all the way back from a year ago. Always here. And speaking of th- some things that you like as well, I mean, you're a fight fan. You know, yeah. I'm not sure you put any money down on this UFC card or not, but we got UFC 270. From the fight capital, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, really a stacked card, pay-per-view, main card. Starts at t- it starts at 10 p.m. You know what I have to say. Check your local listings. But the reason why I'm on this show, the reason why, what you want me to break down is I'm not naive. Like, yeah, Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueiredo, for the third time. Why is that? Flyweight championship. Why is what? You beat somebody twice and yeah. you just get a third. So or I, was one of them a draw? Yeah. So here's what happened. Davison Figueiredo was the champion when he fought Moreno the first time. Goes to a draw. Right. So you got to do it again. Second time, Brandon Moreno comes out and it's not even close. I think right. he beats him in the second round. Chokes him out. In terms of striking, in terms of grappling, in terms of jujitsu, it was Brandon Moreno's night. Figueiredo had no answer for him for whatever reason. Now, after the fight, the excuses was he had a bad weight cut, right? He was going through some things and really embellish into that. But we didn't see the best Figueiredo that night. So now it's the grudge. Well, it's not really the grudge match, but, it, but, but it's the trilogy, right? And Davison eventually, he, he switched camps. He's formerly from Brazil, now training, I believe, in Arizona, with Brandon Moreno's old team, which is interesting. Smart, I mean. And, and, and that old team involves a guy by the name of Henry Cejudo, who, if you, if you follow fighting, is known as Triple C, um, is announced as ret- he's retired, but still a respected individual um, in the terms of MMA. And I think if you're Brandon Moreno and you know that your opponent is training with your old camp, mentally, that can do something to you, right? So... Um, I think it's an interesting fight. I lean towards Moreno here at minus 175 going against Figueiredo at plus 150. But every one of these fights, they have been fireworks. And, you know, Brandon Moreno in his own right, the first Mexican, I'm sorry, the first Mexican-born UFC champion, and he lives up to that name, man. Because they yeah. always say about Mexicans, dude, they, they, they have heart of lions and uh, they don't know how to quit. And Brandon Moreno definitely falls in that mold. But if we're talking about the main event, the must-see part of this UFC 270 card, you're talking about Cyril Gaon, Francis Ngannou. The title of the baddest man on the planet, the heavyweight championship, Cyril Gaon, minus 155, Francis Ngannou coming back at plus 130. Now, like, when I, and trust me, I'm getting in-depth today. When I get in-depth in fights, I, I do a couple things when I break these things down. The first thing I do is, okay, 
what are these guys good at? You talk about Francis Ngannou, if you follow the sport, you know who he is. One of the hardest punchers in UFC history. I would call him the knockout king, but that title is taken by Derek Lewis, who has the most knockouts in heavyweight history. Nevertheless, um, it's been recorded that Francis Ngannou has the hardest punch that's ever been recorded in the UFC. His knockouts against Alistair Overeem, Stipe Miocic, um, they show that. Francis Ngannou is a scary, scary individual. When he first got on the scene and fought Stipe Miocic for, you know, the, the first time for the title, he got beat, but you, you saw the capabilities. He was just raw, especially when it came to cardio and grappling. If you don't have the cardio, you're not going to be a good grappler, right? The rematch comes around. He's more prepared. New fight camp. Hit Stipe a couple times, and it's game over. This guy is the definition of one-punch power, all right, especially with that right hand. Going against a guy in Cyril Gan, who is the exact opposite, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Now, in terms of storylines, you don't always buy into storylines in terms of fighting, but this one you have to buy into. These guys are former teammates. These guys come from the same fight camp in France. Francis Ngannou was put in the UFC first. He had a falling out with his coach. He goes to Las Vegas to train. Cyril Ghosn comes up, and now Cyril Ghosn is with Francis Ngannou's old coach. So that makes for an interesting dynamic in a, in a heavyweight championship fight. Cyril Ghosn is more of your John Jones type of athlete. If, if you've ever seen one of my fights before, I'll give you some, some little background right now. I model my fighting style from my base after Cyril Ghosn. I've, I've followed this guy a lot in his career, even when he was just kickboxing, because this guy is the future of what heavyweight fighters are going to be in the UFC, I think. When we talk about what's, what's one of the hardest things to get ingrained in your mind in terms of fighting, whether it's boxing, whether it's Muay Thai, whether it's UFC, MMA, it's judging the distance. Right? Distance is, it's, it, it sounds so easy. Okay, this guy's getting too close to me. I better watch out. And, and it sounds easy when I say it like that, but that's not the case. Serial Ghan is the master of distance. There's a reason why Muhammad Ali was one of the greatest fighters, or not the greatest fighter of all time. Yes, he was athletic. Yes, he had movement. But nobody could judge distance like Muhammad Ali. And when you can judge distance, the fight happens on your terms. And when it happens on your terms, you can see the stuff coming back at you. If you ever watch a Muhammad Ali fight, he never hardly ever got knocked over because you know why? He saw every punch that was coming towards him. The guys that get knocked out, especially at the heavyweight division, they get knocked out by the punches that they don't see. Go back and watch the Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou fight. Stipe took a couple shots from Francis Ngannou that probably should have knocked him out. But he was able to see those punches coming at him. He rolled those punches, as they call it, and he didn't absorb all the damage. Yes, Francis Ngannou, he's a very scary opponent when he's standing still, when he has you dead to rights, and he can just unload on you. But if your opponent can see those punches coming, well, now that's a variable. Now that's an interesting dynamic to the fight. And that's what Studio Ghan does such a great job of doing. He knows how to judge distance, and in doing so, he never overcommits, and he sees every punch coming back at him. So that, that's the first thing. That's who these fighters are. Now, what do they do very well? Francis Ngannou, you know, I don't want to call the guy a one-trick pony because he's more than that. Francis Ngannou has to come forward to knock you out. 
right? We haven't really seen Francis Ngannou fight going backwards. We haven't really seen Francis Ngannou in terms of getting pressured, going against the cage, knocking somebody out. The one fight that I could fight that actually happened was against Alistair Overeem. We had the, the, the uppercut hurt around the world, but Overeem extended himself so much that it was obvious, okay, uppercut, let's knock him out. Serial Gone, I promise you, won't overextend himself. And when I say overextend himself, I mean his head's going to be over his front foot where he loses balance and, cho- and chance to get countered. Gone doesn't get countered. Gone's got footwork. He's got athleticism and keep in mind, he knows how to judge the distance. So what does Serial Gone do well? I think he put on an absolute textbook, and feel free to hop in here, Casey, when he fought the Black Beast and Derek Lewis. We, I remember us talking about that fight when Derek Lewis fought Serial Gone. Derek Lewis, the most knockouts in heavyweight history. And we both agreed of, hey, if Derek Lewis can find him one time, that's all he needs. And Derek Lewis fighting in Houston with more motivation, I like, I like the Black Beast as an underdog. Boy, did Serial Gone kind of shut us up, though, didn't he, real quick? Yeah, pretty quick. Very quick. And once again, it was a showcase of him knowing the distance, of him staying long, and him being patient. I always say, like, if you watch a UFC fight and you do live betting, if you watch when those guys enter the cage or girls, whoever has the more calm demeanor is usually going to win that fight. Now, sometimes there's Conor McGregor's are trying to hype up, you know, there, there's, always, there's always outliers. There's always examples where that's not true. But if you ever watch Serial Gone when he enters the cage, when he, you know, he taps gloves and gets ready to fight, he is the most calm guy you're ever going to see. It's almost like he's just walking to the break room. He's, he's almost just walking to the garage, whatever the case may be. It's like another day at the office for him. He doesn't fight with emotion. Francis Ngannou, while he's getting more experienced, while he's getting more seasoned, can fight with some emotion sometime. So uh, th- that's what they do well. Now, what happens? And when I say what happens, I break it down like this. If I was fighting these gentlemen, because they are my weight class, how do I go about trying to take away what they do well? Serial gone is a puzzle, because no one's beat Serial gone yet. So it's hard to imagine, well, how do you stop this guy? If I'm trying to fight Serial Gan, I'm trying to push him back against the cage, and I'm putting pressure on him. The problem with that philosophy is, though, is that this guy's got leg kicks. This guy's got jabs. This guy's got movement. This guy's got Muay Thai knees. He's got elbows. He's got everything. So it, it, it's a lot to try to, you know, download. It's a lot to try to, you know, bring back at you and say, what else you got? With Francis Ngannou, I can't get touched by him. And when we're talking about 25 minutes... That's a lot to ask. So how do I see this fight playing out? I think Serial Gone is going to stay patient. I think he's going to stay calm, cool, collected. And I think he's going to open up an arsenal of leg kicks. Because we know a lot about Francis Ngannou. One thing we do not know, though, is how Francis Ngannou can handle leg kicks. Now, keep in mind, leg kicks, they can be risky. Right, because if you throw a leg kick, you're always open for a counter overhand. I'll call it a counter overhand right, and that's what Francis Ngannou loves to throw. But what Serial Gan does so well is that he disguises everything. Remember how I said he's fluid, he's calm. He never tells anything that he's gonna throw. So you're just kind of stuck wondering, well, what's coming at me next? You can't get a read on what this guy's gonna throw because he's too athletic and he's too calm. When guys get tensed up and guys want to knock you out, you can see those punches coming from a mile away. Not Serial Gan. 
So if you're asking me who I think is going to win this fight, it's heavyweight and UFC, right? One punch can change everything. 25 minutes is a long time. But I'm going to take the, the experience, the skill set, the patience, and the leg kicks of Cyril Ghosn to get it done over the power, over the raw, just in-your-face athleticism that Francis Ngannou brings back. I think Ghosn is patient. I think he attacks the legs. And I think he gets it done possibly in later rounds. I like it. There you go, man. Casey, your thoughts real quick. I have some thoughts, but they're not going to be quick. So let's talk to Captain Rick first because I have a question in terms of the odds as well as your famous line, the belt's going to change hands at least once. For sure, for sure. I like that, man. All right, let's get to Captain Rick Riles here with the Florida Sportsman Fisher Report. Man, how are we doing today? Doing good, Austin. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Just breaking down fights. I I love nothing better. I know you do. I know you do. You know, uh, 99% of the people listening aren't going to remember this because they're so much younger than I am. But, but Brent, I can remember, or Austin, I can remember when Sonny Liston and uh, Cassius Clay oh, man. Would, be on the, would be on the radio, and the whole family, mom included, would, would sit around the radio and listen to it. You know, it, yeah. Austin, you see a big deal in this country. Well, you know, and it's so wild that you bring that up, right? Because there was a time where, where boxing was king. And obviously, Muhammad Ali, Sonny Liston, that famous picture of Muhammad Ali standing over Sonny Liston, I mean, that, 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 that moment was frozen in time and will forever be celebrated. You're absolutely right. Obviously, a little before my time, but I hear stories about it. There was a time where boxing was the must-see, must-hear event um, in all of sports, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't even on TV. You had to listen to it on the radio. And, of yeah. course, just about all you could hear was a fan shouting every time something happened, <laughs> but you couldn't hear what it was that happened. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit of fishing. Uh, not too bad today. Now, today was the end of our, our decent stretch of weather. The ocean was okay today. Both the Jody Lynn boats uh, had six-hour trips, and they did quite well. I had mangrove snapper, vermilion snapper, and uh, trigger fish, um, which is a little closer to shore. And I anticipated they did quite well. The trolling, again, out at the break was not very good because we don't have much current to it. But that's all about to change. As you already know, if you've been outside, we've got a major front rolling in. It's going to turn the wind around to the northeast again, drop our temperatures, and chill that water temperature down considerably. So I think all of our fishing this weekend will be of the inshore variety. I don't think anybody will be in the ocean at all. We'll just have to wait and see. But there's one thing you can count on. We'll be back tomorrow to update you on it with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fish Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Captain Rick, man, appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Austin. Captain Rick, always bringing the heat. Okay, so you had a UFC question. I do. So here's my thought. As yes. you know, I'm, I'm here for the gambling. So <laughs> when, I'll, I'll saw, appreciate it. when I saw Francis Ngannou is plus money, yes. the first thing I thought is, that's foolish. But then I also thought, what does Vegas know? But then I heard Austin Lane in my head saying <laughs> the belt's going to change hands once. Brandon yes. Moreno is obviously the heavy favorite. I'd call minus 185 heavy. Yeah, I, like, I mean, it's pretty heavy for, for a championship fight. For a championship fight, sure, right. sure, yeah. So in my mind, getting plus money on the champ is intriguing. Yes, but you just broke it down why you see it happening. Yeah. I just think it's going to be hard for people to not take that plus money on Francis Ngannou. So I guess... So, yeah. Go ahead. I know what you're getting at then, right? Because my philosophy when we're... And this is from a, a complete betting standpoint. 
if there's two championship fights on the line, which there is this Saturday, and I'm not sure what the percentages say, I'm just going off of what I know, one of those belts is going to change hands. I mean, I feel like nine times out of ten, that's happened. I feel like nine of the last ten fights, that's happened. Remember Amanda Nunes? Amanda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't think there was a chance. There wasn't a chance, and then... No, I mean, uh, um, Amanda Nunez in one of the biggest upsets in Uf- UFC history put our our theory to the test, and and we were right. And both in that in those fights, both because she was a heavy favorite and Correct. lost. Correct. And then in the other fight, Charles Oliveira was, was the, the champ, but yes. he was not the favorite. But he was the champ. Right. And and he maintained the belt. Yeah. Yeah. So when I look at this fight, you know, it, it, I mean, let's just use that philosophy then, right, Casey? Do I have a better feeling? I guess here's what I'm going to say. Do I have more of an inkling that Moreno's going to retain? Or do I have more of an inkling that, you know, Gon can overtake um, Nganu? I'll say it like this. When we talk about featherweights and everything, it, it, it's hard because, right, they're, they're so skilled. Right? Like, if, if you break down heavyweight fights, all it takes is one mistake and you're going to sleep. Right, so then you start breaking down well, who can make more mistakes, right? How do you exploit those mistakes? Yeah, I did, yeah. And I, I kind of broke that down a little bit in terms of Cyril Gaunt. I think Moreno retains, though, and I'm more confident with that. Because Figueroa, like I said, is training now with his old team, Henry Cejudo and all those guys. But if you followed any of the press conferences, and by the way, they've been very cringy, but if you followed any of the press conferences, Figueroa, who's known for a very humble and respectful fighter, is playing the role of heel now. Like, he's going out and saying he's going to make Brandon Moreno cry, and it's all, it's just, it's kind of a mess. And it's very uncharacteristic of Figueroa. I don't know if he's trying to get in Brandon Moreno's head. I don't know if it's the new fight camp and they're all mad at Moreno. But you're seeing a character transition for Figueroa, and I don't like it. I don't like when fighters try to add more energy and more stress to themselves by possibly being something that they're not. Now, it's all in the name to sell the fight, and I understand that. But it also, I think, takes away from a little bit of what you can bring to that cage Saturday night, which is the most important thing. So I think Moreno retains. So if that's the case, then, in our theory here, Casey... Well, then the belt's got to change hands somewhere, yep. and that's where I feel Serial Gone comes into play. And I like that. I got two more for you. I know we're up against it. No, but you're fine. There's nobody else that can answer these questions in the world that I get to talk to. So if you're conflicted on the line, just straight up, who's going to win the fight? Yeah. The over-under's two and a half rounds. Francis Ngannou, Serial Gone. Yeah. Am I – I know it's a heavyweight fight, so I understand that anything could change, but two and a half seems generous because I don't necessarily see somebody getting, like – I think it's going to be a feel-out process for at least a little bit. So Exactly. So here's the thing. I think in order for Francis Ngannou to win, he has to win by knockout. He's not going to win by points. Right. He's not going to win by outstriking Serial Gone. So if you're really that adamant about Francis Ngannou winning, it's got to be by knockout. I still think that knockout happens late in the second or third, fourth, fifth. Okay. Um, I think Cyril Gaon is too talented. So th- that's a great example. Is that kind of even money, Casey, or where are we at with that? Do you know? Um, yeah, I mean, both are minus 115, the over Okay, the that's, that's interesting. If we look back at the Derek Lewis fight where you're, you're, you're talking about the, the most accomplished knockout artist of all time in the heavyweight division, and you watched how Cyril Gaon was patient and pieced him apart, that's Derek Lewis. 
That's a guy with only one trick, and it took him, I think, two and a half to three rounds to finish him. Yeah. We're talking about Francis Ngannou. Bigger, taller, more reach, more weapons. If that's what we're talking about, and you believe in Cyril Ghosn, which I, I kind of do, at least to take this longer than we think, then take that overall day, Casey. I'll that's, take the overall day. That's how I was feeling. Last yeah. one, yeah. which does it have to do with the – this is just a UFC question. How does Brandon Moreno have two draws? Like, you never see a draw, <sighs> and he has two of them. Who are you telling? Like, how does that happen? I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic question. Um, you know, the, sometimes, especially when we talk about five-round fights – where they're just wars, they're just battles. I think if you're a judge, you even fall in love with that as opposed to being a judge as a fan. You know, like, I've, I've never judged fights before, but when we talk about wars, and that's who Brandon Moreno is, you know, we're talking about a Mexican fighter, and, and he lives up to that moniker, you know, to a T. When we talk about a guy who just grits his mouth guard, comes at you and throws everything he has, it's hard to say that guy's losing in terms of pressure in terms of pace, it's very hard to say. Now, obviously, like, you know, striking, like, if you land more strikes than that, you're probably winning. But, like, in those fights that he's been in, whether he's the, you know, leading the strikes or not, it doesn't really matter because he's always pushing the pace. So sometimes your opponent can land more strikes, but if you're, if you're pushing forward, pushing your opponent back, that can make up for that. And that's what Brandon Moreno does. So it'll be, it's a huge weekend for the UFC. It's a huge reason for the UFC division because keep in mind, Francis Ngannou, this is his last fight in his contract. Yeah. And if you buy into the rumors, you buy into the reports, he's fed up with Dana White because he feels like he's not making his money. He's called out Tyson Fury. He's called out Deontay Wilder. These big money celebrity fights are kind of the next big wave right now, I feel like. I'm very... Number one, I'm curious to see who is going to win the fight between Ngannou and Ngannou. But I'm also curious to see, is this the last go-around right now in the UFC for Francis Ngannou, or does he sign a new deal? I think a lot of those questions will be answered depending how the fight goes Saturday. So I'll definitely be tuned in watching, whether I'm at Galaxy's Edge in Disney or I'm in the comfort of the resort. Don't care. We'll be tuned to that one. And I recommend you guys check it out as well. It's going to be a stacked card. Check it out. That was our UFC breakdown, Casey. I appreciate the help. More on ESPN 690. We'll put a bow on the show when we get back here. I think the biggest thing I think that's changed about our offense is I think we have a kind of a different identity than we did back then. Um, you know, obviously Debo's running the ball a lot more, but I would say just on top of that, if you go back and watch that game, we were kind of sloppy all over the field, whether it was protections, whether it was a run game, targeting. Um, you know, we were still trying to find our footing. Um, you know, we still made it a really good game there at the end until, you know, last second field goal. And, um, I think we're a much better team now than we were then. I think uh, from all the ups and the downs, the wins, the losses, all the adversity that we face as an offense, all the uh, game-winning drives we've had to, you know, come on and, you know, just to give ourselves a chance to get into the playoffs has allowed us to become a way better team. Coach or player? Player? Burrow? No, oh. not a quarterback. Offense? Okay, so it's probably, I, I mean, because the way this whole game has been going today, uh, I'm going to say Adam Thielen because it's the most random thing I can think of. No. No. It is a white dude. Co Cooper Cup. It's a different white dude. Plays on offense. C Cooper Cup. Still no. I'd say. Give me Cooper Cup. Uh, white dude plays on offense. 
the second most important offensive player on their team. Oh, wow. Been, been struggling. Not struggling, but, you know, hasn't really been getting the football. Oh, it wasn't Gronk. Same position. Tight end. It's not Tyler Higby. <laughs> Just as I was going to say that. Robert Tunyon's out. Same game. Different team. Oh, jeez, man. Took me forever, George Kittle. Yeah. Wow. My bad. Sorry, George. He, he's a pretty cool personality, too. Yeah. Are you kind of shocked that Cooper Cup's not getting more love, or is he at just not seeing it? Yeah, it's kind of like I a mean, forgotten story. Isn't he putting up, like, the yes. best numbers of all time in the wide receiver position in, s- in some yeah. facets? Yes. Why yes. aren't we talking about him? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, even in the in the uh, who did they play? Arizona. Arizona. Like, it was like Odell. Which, yeah. You know, fair enough. He scored. You know, he was good. But yeah, I know Cooper Cup's kind of like the forgotten man. It's weird. I mean, I, 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 forgive me. I got to check the Cooper Cup stats real quick here because I got to give him some props regardless. Because yeah. I feel like the guy had there's nineteen hundred and something. I mean, all pro obviously. So Cooper Cup this season, Los Angeles Rams, seventeen games. 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. 16 touchdowns. Yeah. Fantasy hero. Is that more than the Jaguars scored all season? I mean, Trevor threw um, 11 or 12. So it's close? Yeah. I how, feel many, like. how many did they rush for? I mean, the Robs had like, I think, seven or eight. So, but I mean, it's, it's close. It's comparable. I mean, it's close. Yeah. Needless to say, man, I feel like Cooper Cup's not getting enough love. Come on, everybody. So you want to hear a good story about what, what you got? Cooper? So why? Okay, this is just unbelievable. So my fantasy app has me logged out for some reason. I'm the only person that owns the phone. Yeah. But I'm gonna. I was gonna tell you a story of how I had Cooper Cup in a different league. Yeah. I scored the most points and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a bummer. I'm the only person with Cooper Cup that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. I, I feel like he should will your team to at least a championship. Yeah. Unbelievable. Didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious to see, because obviously talking about fantasy football, next year he's going to be a top five pick for sure. He has to be. Agreed, but it's risky though, right? Exactly. It's the way these things go, Casey. I I don't really want to be in this, because here's the thing, if we're doing fantasy football, the early fantasy football. Well, I've I've been out for a while now, so let's do it, yeah. Christian McCaffrey's not the number one pick. He's not? Or he is? How how could you pick him? No, no, there's no way. I thought you said he is. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm saying. Oh, you can't. So things are kind of off, like, it's different now. Like yeah. Jonathan Taylor probably. Yeah. But it's different. But I'd hate to be – I think a bad spot to be in next year is going to be like six or okay. eight. Because, sure. like, he's going to be – like, he's going to be obviously at the top. Yeah. But, by the way, this is the team that didn't make the playoffs. Kamara, Sony Michelle, and Henderson. I was switching them in and out. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Oof. Cup, Oof. Mark Andrews, Leonard Fournette, Ravens defense, Carlson. The boys didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not sure you didn't make the playoffs. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, it's pretty messed up, right? Unreal. But, you know, we, 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 we mean a little football at 5 here. Football at 5.30. You know, to kind of reset the show a little bit, what we talked about in the, in the first break. Nothing really new on the Jaguars front, but some interesting conversations going on. Um, starts with Houston and Josh McCown. Rumors reporting that the Houston Texans are very interested in other teams interviewing Josh McCown, so their hiring of him could be justified. Apparently, Trent Balky has talked to Josh McCown, which, whatever, you know, I, I kind of spoke about it in, in the first segment. I really don't want to talk about it again because the last thing I want to do right now is do the Houston Texans a favor because, hey, divisional opponent, what are you doing? 
So I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, the New York Giants get their GM. I don't think that really does anything in terms of, of dominoes falling. Does it Does it say anything in the terms of like... I mean, I, to, and what you said, and I think you made a good point, Dayball now yeah. is probably a favorite, a clear favorite to go to New York. I would think so. But in terms of like the Giants, does it say something along the lines of we interviewed all these people and there's four GM openings or whatever, but we got our guy? Like, is there something to be said for that? I there know is. it's a GM, but... No, I mean, if I'm a Giants fan, now, is, is this guy the next... I mean, is he the next great GM? I mean, time will tell. But, yeah, kudos to the Giants for getting their guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, you assume they got their guy. So, yeah, I think if I'm a Giants fan right now, I feel a lot better than I did when the season ended. Yeah, that's fair. Which is, hey, good for you guys. Because I'm sure the Bears are like, hey... Because the Bears need a GM like, hey, go get our guy. Yeah, exactly. You know? What so. are you waiting for? I mean, coaches are one thing just because obviously, you know, some have to wait to the playoffs. There's still a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous, to quote the big Lebowski. But with GMs, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot less opportunities. And assuming the GM's going to be picking the head coach, you might want to go get your guy. So, yeah, so props to the Giants for doing that. I think teams like Chicago... I think teams like Minnesota, right? They need a GM or not? Teams yeah. like Minnesota, I believe Pittsburgh is going to be in need of a GM. The Raiders. But he's stepping out down after the draft. Um, the Raiders, yeah, I think now would be the time to pull the trigger on that. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Hey, we have one more break, Casey, till the weekend. You want to open some cards? It sounds like we got cards to open. You want to yeah. open some cards? Yeah, I hope we pull some fire so Brent's jealous. Let's pull some fire fire when we get back here on ESPN 690. Care to win. We don't care about some, I guess, some theory that you know everybody's pretty much uh, worried about. I mean, we know what we got in front of us. We know what we have to do um, in order to get where we want to be. We got the path laid out for us, and uh, at the same time, as we've been saying for these past, I don't know how many weeks now. You know, we control our own destiny, and we just gotta keep on pushing, keep on getting better each and every week. Man. Not giving me a lot to go off of the crazy. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy one to get either. Okay. Uh, shot in the dark. Would it help if I told you the game? Jeffrey Simmons. That's the correct game. Dang. But wrong team and also wrong side of the ball. And it wasn't Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase. No. T. Higgins. Also no. Am I on the right side of the ball? You're on the right side of the ball. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Wrong position. CJ. Uh, Still the wrong position. He is a skill player. He's the only one you haven't named. I said T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Tell, oh, Joe Mixon. That's him. Come on, Austin. You're better than that. Man, that's how I'm going to start my weekend off, Casey. No. Bad vibes like that. You got fired. I, I can't even get Joe Mixon right, man. That's my bad, everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm slacking today. I mean, I started out hot, and now I'm ice cold. But we got to get hotter here, Casey, because we got, we got some card pulling. What do you call this one here? What would you call this? So that's going to be... 2020, 2020 Panini Chronicles. Panini Chronicles. Live. Live. Uncut. Uncut Raw. Blaster Break. We call it Raw. We can call it Raw. Raw. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Blaster Break. Yeah, that's it. Nice, man. I'm, I'm on my way in. Come on in, Casey. Come on in. The water's fine. So, Casey, you're new to the game here. I would say the past what? The past week or so? Past two weeks? We've been, um, I guess this is a thing. I'm new to it. 
But we've been opening up packs of cards. Brent Martineau went to, where'd he go to again? Went to the Diboli's House of Cards. Dropped some serious coin on some boxes, some blaster packs, if you will. And now we're going to unveil those. This is the last stuff we got here. What are we looking for, Casey? You hear me in your headphones? I can hear you. All right, good. Loud and clear. That's, that's good to hear it. Uh, we are looking for... What are we looking for? Uh, Prism Black. Prism Black. Yeah, and you hit one yesterday. I hit one yesterday. A Jordan Love. Yeah. Not worth that much right now, but... No, but it could definitely be worse. In due time. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's see what we got here. Go and give me a Just, Justin Herbert. Is this a rookie? No, because 2020. Yeah, it's a rookie. Okay. Is that one worth anything? Is that fire? It's fire, yeah. So bang? You can bang, yeah. Bang it? Okay, and by the way, if you get something good, you bang. Bang, baby. That's it. I mean, two, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is an autographed one. Really? Yeah. This dude autographed it. <laughs> I swear. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, it's an autograph. Man, Brent missed out, huh? Yeah, this is a, it's a rookie card and it's autographed. Really? Yeah. Talk about luck, Austin. Carolina Panthers. 2020? Oh, uh, Derek Brown. Nope. Yidir Gross Matos. Oh. But it's an autograph. Look at that. Look at that, man. You can bang that. Bang? So we, we got back-to-back -back bangs, honestly? Yeah. Well, if you get an aut I mean, autographs, like, don't come out of blasters often. Okay. So, like... I'll try to find the exact how often it happens, but yeah. not very. Bang, 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 bang. Uh, hey, this is rookie card. Okay. Quarterback. Okay. Special. Okay. Um, this is the luminance. I'm with you. Luminous. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Not bad. That's a bang. You can bang. Ba back to back to back bangs. There you go. Another rookie. <laughs> Hollow. Holographed, Diagon, Diagon. Take your word for it. <laughs> Rookie, okay. Wide receiver, legit. Jefferson. Yes. Look at bang, you. Bang, 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 bang. We got bang, 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 bang. Yeah, let him know. And then, uh, and then a Jake Fromm rookie card. Hey, this is an all rookie card. That's sleeve. good. Okay. Look at you. I'm not. I'm, I'm happy with it. You're killing it. All right, cool. What do you got? I have no hey, idea. Good luck. Yeah, follow that up. I know. I hate to follow that up. I, yeah. have a, I have a Herbert on the back. Oh, okay. Because you know you can see that. You can see it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, Juju, not good. Uh, no. Jordan Love, not a prison. Rookie black. card, but yeah. rookie card, nice. We'll take that. Bang, bang. I got bang. Uh, we got Clyde Edwards Elias, a rookie. Not bad. A little pink. Uh, your guy T Higgins, nice on the uh, acetate, as you may remember. Oh yeah, I haven't got uh -huh. acetate yet. Ooh, and uh, Herbert off the back. So. And Herbert off the back. This is just the regular rookie card. Yep. All right. So we got two Herberts. We got two Herberts. Yep. I mean, so out of these, because we talk, call them the top loaders, which one are we going to top load out of these things? Any of these? Oh, yeah. We'll top load the Herbert and the auto for sure. Okay. And the Hertz maybe. We'll think about oh, it. Yeah, we'll throw Hertz we'll, one. Okay. We'll cool, consider cool, cool. it. All right. Let's see if I can uh, go back to back here. We just got. We just need to do this without Brent. I, 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 think, I think he's the curse. Even though he paid. That's, the, that's a good point. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, we're okay. Yeah, we're also. LaVisca Chenault. Could be better. Uh, it's a rookie card, but, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. George Kittle, we're all set. Your guy. Rated rookie, but it's the clear one. Aztate. Is this a, a, it's a Don Russ one? It's got the D here. Yeah, so Panini owns everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rated rookie, Don Russ style. Okay. What we got? Jacob Eason. Well. Hey. <laughs> hey. Back to back, I assume. Don't give me back to back <laughs> Jacob Eason's. Do we ask for our money back? You could try. I mean. What are we doing, Panini? That, that kind of kills, I mean, that kind of counterbalances my first draw that I had. And then the last one, the last one of the whole blaster box. I got one more. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, man. No, I'm just, no. Oh, no, let's see what you got. 
Let's see what we got here. Uh, what we got on the back? We got DeAndre Swift on the back. Oh, we got A.J. Brown. Okay. James Robinson? No, I mean, you know. You know, if you're going to get a... ties. If you're going to get a jag, that's the one you want. Tua. Got some Tua rookie. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. That's what I'm talking about. We got another Herbert. Oh, no. Is something special? It's is, is silver. A... You see how the color... Ooh. You see the color there? I see it's silver. Yeah. See, I, I'll, call it, I'll call it a hollow. Hollow. Because it's holographic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, we got, we that got... one's worth something, or...? Uh, unconfirmed, but silver's always good. Okay. And we'll Herbert, also always good. So, okay. Uh, not bad. Can't complain. All right. Well, Casey. Take us home. Let's go on in the weekend. Fights. We got. You got Disney what, World? I got Disney World. We're going to Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge. There you go. We got football games. Let's on. get off on the right foot. And we're starting off with TJ Hawkinson. Not what I wanted to see. <laughs> okay. And then we're going to go from TJ Hawkinson and go to Chris Godwin. Yeah. like to see him on the Jaguars, but, you know, the knee. We got a rookie card. It's like a painting one, mosaic, whatever. Brandon Ayuk, I've seen better. Got a rookie rated. Okay, I got <laughs> got a little freaked out here. Rookie rated. It's a clear one. He's a running back. Thought it was Derrick Henry, but it's not him. Oh, Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans. Is he running back? Yes, he is. He's, been, he's been hurt the whole time. And then we got another rookie card, Jerry Judy. Yeah, well. Yeah. You I, I, had, I had one fire pack. I mean, we have autographs. Listen, if you pull an auto out of a blaster, yeah. that's that's impressive. Has it ever been done before? Probably not. It, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our last. There was. Go and call it what you, you want to call it again because I forgot the names. Uh, tw- that was a 2020 uh, Panini Chronicles live, uncut, raw, unfiltered blaster break in which you pulled an auto now casey what are we chasing next what what is the box to get what should we open up next we'll we'll go to uncle brent and be like hey yeah let's go and get get that black card charge it up what are we getting next here yeah um so i told brent we should get 2021 mosaic hobby okay so what that would be is it's about and if we get first off the line that'd be about 900 bucks okay and we'd get one auto guaranteed yeah you know it's not necessarily a good auto, though. Yeah, but the other cards. So it'll be. Uh, I mean, I'll be Casey. You, you, you said I don't like. like I, so yeah, you gotta sell it more. It would be these cards, but for 2021. Okay. But then in the hobby, there's a lot more color. You know how we kept getting green. Yeah, yeah. There's which is, all kinds of different. And if you get first off the line, yeah. which is, uh, it just makes more money. Yeah. Uh, every box has a couple. I think uh, number two eleven. So only 11 in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so a lot more rare than what we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, sure. And that's how much again? Uh, it's going to be nine bills. Okay. So I think we we push him for that. But yeah, Chronicles, yeah, is so a, Chronicles is a quality product because it's a lot of rookies. Yeah. So. Cool. I mean, we got to see what Brent's into. Well, and then we that can, was fun. We can start venturing off. You know, there's UFC cards. Yep, there is, there's AEW cards. There are. Yeah. Let's get it, man. The whole world is out there for us to explore. We just need Brent's card. Oh, and... <laughs> Hey, there's tons of oysters out there. We, we just need Brent Shucker, and we'll be able to open them up. Exactly. So yeah, well, we'll talk to we'll talk to Uncle Brent on Monday. Um, you know, go over some numbers, go over some figures, and hopefully we'll have another blaster box um, for you guys real soon to enjoy the content. I mean, if we keep hitting autographs and, and these money rookie cards, it's gonna pay for itself. You know, I mean, we're actually if we start selling these things, we'll, we'll be making money, Casey. Exactly. We'll, we'll be in business. Goodbye, morning show. I'm gonna start selling cards for the whole time. Look at us go. Just kidding. But, yeah, um, Casey, you have a great weekend, man. Are you, are you watching football? What do you, we got plan? Anything cool? Uh, my, so I, I actually also have to go to Orlando. Oh, nice. My cousin, who I haven't seen in a long time, has a soccer tournament, apparently. Okay. So I'm going to go say what's up. But, uh, nice. 
You know, I'll probably be locked to ESPN 690 while I'm driving so I can hear the games. Enough said. Is it, like a, is, it like, is it grade school, high school, college? Uh, it's He's in high school. I think it's 14 and under. He's a sophomore. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not like a – is it a high school team or a club team? It's a cl- it's club. All right, right on. Yep. We'll have fun with that. Thank you. I'll give you my, my Disney updates when I get back here Monday. Please do. And hopefully we got some good games to talk about. And, hey, NFL, hopefully we have some coaches to talk about as well. Some new coaches, if you will. Please. For everybody here at ESPN 690, for Brett Martin, hopefully he's having a safe trip. Casey Kurtz pushing all the right buttons. I'm Austin Lane. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay casual. We'll check you out on Monday. Later. Peace. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.